chapter 4. There is wisdom in wise counsel. Captain Austin, Trooper Swannigan, and Sheriff James Newman met to discuss this accident that had occurred in their county. It was agreed that this was no accident, that there's something else going on here, and it has to be looked into. It has to be investigated. Uh, the officers called in the county prosecutor, and between the four of them, they made the decision that they needed to try to pursue an exhumation of Patricia Redding Whittington in the state of Louisiana and to have an autopsy conducted in order to determine the actual cause of her death. This began a long process which was opposed by Mike Whittington but strongly supported by Patricia's family, her father and mother, and other family members. After pursuing the matter through the courts in the state of Louisiana, Patricia Redding Whittington's body was exhumed on December 18, 1984, and an autopsy was performed the next day by Dr. George M. McCormick II, a pathologist of Shreveport, Louisiana. In attendance for this autopsy were Captain Austin, Officer Swanigan, Sheriff Newman, and Hollis McGehee, County Prosecutor. By this time, there were also quite a few photographs that had been developed. So upon the conclusion of the autopsy, Dr. McCormick sat down with all of us, and he began to show us the simple and logical conclusions that were quite frankly apparent from the photographs and those were as follows the photographs of patricia at the scene reflected that from her breast level up to her collar there was a heavy concentration in blood but there was no blood from her breast level down to her waist but then there was another heavy dose of blood from mid-thigh out to her knees. Dr. McCormick pointed out to us that this clearly reflected that she bled significantly while in a seated position that kept her midriff from having blood, but the breast area and the area in her mid-thigh to her knees was heavily saturated in blood. And not only that, but the blood on her pants legs reflected that some of it was high-impact blood splatter. In other words, she was in a seated position when her head was injured. Dr. McCormick then pointed out that blunt force trauma to the brain where the head strikes an object, such as in an automobile accident when the head goes forward and hits something, results in a bruising on the opposite side if the if the head struck something on the right the bruising would be on the left side of the brain because the brain is floating in sort of a liquid sac and it would its impact would be with the other side but if something struck her head the bruising would be right where the force was applied in all of these instances 
in every laceration and brain injury, it was on the same side that the force was applied, inconsistent with a car wreck or automobile accident. Remembering that Mike Whittington had claimed and was supported by several other witnesses that Pat had this deathly fear of being injured in a car wreck and was always riding with one hand on the door so she could jump out if anything happened. There was found in her throat during the autopsy but was not discovered during the embalming process a large wad of grass and rock and dirt stuck way down in her throat occluding her airway but there was no injury to her lips her gums her tongue or her teeth so there was this mass of material that would appear consistent with what was said had occurred that out of fright she jumped out of the car and apparently scooped up a mouthful of material which would be consistent with having jumped from or been ejected from an automobile and that her mouth struck the ground and and somehow scooped up the material but there was no corresponding injury to her mouth such as would clearly have occurred if her face hit the ground upon being ejected or jumping from the automobile. Dr. McCormick then stated clearly that he was of the opinion that Patricia Redding Whittington died as a result of blunt force trauma to her head where she was struck three or more times by a long, heavy, linear object and further that this could not have occurred in the automobile because there was no corresponding blood splatter onto the the ceiling of the automobile or even onto the seats. The only blood was right down the left driver's door panel, which indicated that sometime after she was injured, she would have been in a sitting position in the automobile where blood dripped down. Further, there was a transfer pattern of blood down the side of the car, which was consistent with her bloody hair hanging out the window as the car moved along. Dr. McCormick said that her injuries were completely inconsistent with any mechanism in the car that could have caused them, even if you could explain away the lack of blood in the car.